So Julie, I often tell people that there are four opportunities to overcoming an objection, the most powerful of which is before the objection happens. Have you ever heard of this concept? You're always teaching me new stuff, Torin. No, I haven't. Tell me more. So the acronym for me, and it's something that I used back in the 90s when I had my own sales team, the acronym is WNLB. Well, the B stands for before. And before any of you start to wonder which online system is best for payroll, let me share a few facts. Gusto is actually simple and easy, surprisingly easy and very fast. 90% of customers say switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of customers say running payroll is easier now than their previous provider. And three out of four customers take 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. I think that's easy. You can use our link, gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K for three complimentary months. Again, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K. It's time to stop dealing and start demanding. It's time to stop being PC and start being transparent and authentic. It's time to get real. Prepare yourself. It's time for Crazy and the King. Welcome to Crazy and the King Thanksgiving week. You You know, that's supposed to be like my little turkey gobble. I know that does not in any way sound like a turkey gobble, but that's what it's supposed to be. And so... You know, it is it's holiday week um, and not everybody celebrates Thanksgiving. So we are we're sensitive to the fact that some of you are excited about the week that we are in. And we're sensitive to those of you who find it a bit of a struggle to celebrate holidays for whatever reason, whether it be because of a loss of family, family member, whether it be because you battle with you know, anxiety, depression, loneliness, we're sensitive to that. Whether it be your connection to uh, indigenous people and really what this holiday means. So we are absolutely sensitive to the time that we are in. So again, another quick recording for us. And it's, it's a little challenging because normally, Julie, we would talk about like some small talk. Hey, you know what? Uh, I actually want to say one thing about last week's show. Thank you again for the transgender piece and for allowing that to be a part of the conversation. One thing that I want our listening audience to catch, if you did not have a listen to our show from last week, um, the first madraza or Islamic school specifically focused on transgender students opened in Bangladesh uh, earlier this month. It opened in the capital city of Dhaka. And so, again, if you did not catch our show last week, it really focused on transgender issues. And I wanted to just kind of throw that in as a reminder that we are all on a continuous path of growth and learning. So it's all good. But I don't have any small talk. I mean, we want to be timely with the news. You always have small talk, first of all. We may have just gotten it out before we started. And I will throw that on our Facebook because I love that article and we did skip over it in our show last week, but definitely worth a read. Absolutely. You know, Julie, I wonder if our guest celebrates the Thanksgiving holiday. So 
with that, let's just get into this week's show. With all the talk about corporate anti-racism efforts, donating money, drafting position statements and more, we decided to have Jerome Ternick on as a guest because he and his team are committed to being an anti-racist company. And I say that, stressing that even as an external person looking in, I feel they are absolutely committed. They recently released their actionable step in this long journey. It's titled The 10 Principles of Diversity Hiring. And we'll make sure we put that link in the show notes. But to be clear, they are not making a splash like we are here or we have all of the answers. Smart Recruiters is not doing that. They're doing none of that. To the contrary, they are seeking to learn along with the rest of us. So with that, Jerome, I say welcome to Crazy and the King. Well, thank you for having me, Tarin. Really happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, you know you got to direct that salutation to the boss of the show, Julie. <laughs> Julie. Hey, Jerome. We are thrilled to have you as a part of, of the show and have enjoyed the things that we've done together with Smart Recruiters and, and being a part of the conference last this year. Um, so thanks for joining us here. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And it does feel like last century, actually. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> That's the first time, you know, everybody that we've talked to, they may say like last, it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> Jerome says this feels like last century. Damn, he took us back. So, Jerome, for those of the few people in our world who don't know you, do you mind giving us a quick introduction? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Jerome Turnick. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Smart Recruiters. We're a, an enterprise talent acquisition suite, kind of the generational successor to that old ATS that you love to hate. And we help large enterprises like uh, Bosch, Visa, LinkedIn, Twitter uh, achieve hiring success, which is the ability to hire amazing talent on demand, which is what every CEO wants. And so I think the most important question right now, really, honestly, you know, we can talk about the 10 principles of diversity hiring. But for me, I need to know, uh, is it French fries or something different? What do you call it? Is it what? Is it French fries <laughs> or do you call them something different? Uh, no, I think uh, we call them frites, and they are Belgium. And I was actually born ah. uh, born in Belgium and uh, or next to Belgium. And so the frites are the the Belgium specialty that France has adopted. I love that, and that you know actually is really good because you are French. And so I'm curious: Do you celebrate Thanksgiving holiday? We do not celebrate Thanksgiving uh, holiday in France. I do it uh, here in the U.S. I'll be cooking for my daughter, actually, uh, and my daughters. And um, and that's going to be our, our celebration. Um, and I love the idea of Thanksgiving, actually. And I think especially, especially right now, uh, being thankful and grateful to those around us is particularly important. And so I made a point to reach out to uh, the many, many, many people that I'm grateful for this year. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Thankful and being grateful inside of all of the pain and catastrophe that we have experienced in 2020. There certainly is a lot for us to be thankful for. Speaking of, I remember the first time I saw you, Jerome. I was actually uh, seated somewhere in the back of the room. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but I was seated in the back. You were on stage, pink or 
maybe a salmon, salmon colored uh, button up. Uh, you hit the stage with a shiny bald head and you were talking about a product launch. And and at that point, uh, it was, I believe, like February of 2018. I had never heard of smart recruiters and and you had never heard of me. Uh, but I believe I hit your radar because you you put something in a Facebook group needing someone to talk about diversity and um, through that crowdsourcing, my name was raised. And and so here we are. And ever since 2018, I've been rocking with you and the team. And, you know, we've explored a number of conversations around DNI. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, that the 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 journey for smart recruiters you know that inclination to start addressing diversity and inclusion did it begin in 2018 when you sourced my name and you put that panel together or was this something that existed in the organization earlier than that you know i i, I started smart recruiters uh, saying i want to eradicate unemployment and that was my series a seed level pitch to investors they said who is this french guy who wants to eradicate unemployment crazy but i guess they know what they're they know about unemployment so we'll give him a try that's how i was fundraising initially so i think for me helping people find jobs helping people connect to jobs um has always been the mission that we are on it's the reason why each and every person at smart recruiters actually accepted the, their job offer it's uh, it's really very very strong with us but equally i don't think we ever question um our position uh, with regards to diversity i think We've always, up until 2018, certainly have said, well, we're on the right side of history here. We produce a nice piece of software that actually helps organization do this and that, and they can choose it and choose to use it however they want. We are not discriminating ourselves. We have a fairly diverse team. The world is great. And let's keep enjoying our white privileges, right? And I think the journey. Um, that started in 2018 is a journey uh, that got us to know actually there is no such thing as uh, non-racist or non-discriminatory. Either you uh, fight the system or you enjoy the system. Um, and that's when we actually decided to become a force um, in the recruiting market, an anti-racist, anti-discrimination force in the market. And I, when I say force, I mean those words, this exact word, a force in the market. You know, it's very interesting because there's a distinction to be made there. And, and before Julie jumps in, I, I want to make sure that 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 is not missed on our audience. Your perspective internally was that you all were doing an incredible job because you had built this awesome piece of software. You had a solution set for your clients to take advantage of. You and a team were on the right side of history. It was an internal, I'm sorry, an external facing observation, but you all hadn't looked inward at the the actual smart recruiters team at that point. Am I clear? It was it was both. I think we we looked at uh, the smart recruiters team. We never uh, really questioned our sense of diversity in, in inclusion in smart recruiters. Um, there, you know, and when we look at it, there pockets of uh, goodness and pockets of badness, but it was not really a topic. Um, and I think the, the awareness internally was not uh, there. 
but more than changing ourselves, I mean, it starts by changing ourselves, but more important is that as a recruiting software, Torin, we, we manage about a million hires a year. So if we can change our customers, we can change the world. And that's really sure. where we said we want to become a force in that market. And, and of course, this starts with, and this is at the heart of our uh, plan that we publish, our plan to become an anti-racist, anti-discrimination force in the market is the awareness and being ourselves a role model is obviously a starting point. Uh, so I, I genuinely appreciate the the approach, the the strong words, um, the commitment externally from from you as CEO, and also the update that you've given. I, I feel like transparency is a big part of the journey to actually being a force because you are um, presumably going to live the commitment that you've made and and we as external to smart recruiters will be able to see it. And I was taking a look at the site this morning and just looking at, at your leadership team and it it's close to 50% female. And it, it made me wonder, is that something, you know, as you embark on this anti-racism journey and you embark on becoming a much more diverse leadership team, did you have that approach to uh, making sure that women were a big part of your leadership or did that happen very organically? It did happen organically. Um, I think, I mean, uh, I'm an advocate of diversity, not because I want to be on the right side of history, but I think it, it links to better business performance, quite frankly. Um, and and I think uh, historically, uh, women who actually uh, make it to executive levels in high tech, high growth organization, they're just badass. Like, they're just really, really good at what they do. So I personally have always enjoyed working with women. I would say even more so than men, although I don't want to get into stereotypes here. So I think we had we have a, had a good balance um, of women and and men and women in in the company. Uh, where we did not have a good balance um, was a, a, a ethnic diversity. Um, that that diversity was was uh, was not good. And uh, part of our plan said, okay, we're going to change that. And since then, we actually have we we appointed. We appointed uh, six new members of our extended leadership team in the last um, uh, five months. And of those six, uh, five are uh, black or people of color, uh, mostly women, by the way. So uh, we now have, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, so it, we've shown that it's possible. And that was is a good example of where we're like, wait. We don't have diversity. We don't have enough ethnic diversity. We have good nationality diversity. We have good men, women diversity. We have good like different pre different environments. We have good LGBT diversity. Like all of this was fine. Ethnic diversity, oh, not great. Um, so we kind of helped uh, rectify that. Um, and we've been lucky to actually find amazing talent uh, in that quest and, and ride that ship. So if you look at that leadership team in two months time when uh, the people who've been hired are joining, being announced, um, it will actually look also uh, a bit more uh, colorful, shall we say. <laughs> Love that. Hey, Jerome, so on the uh, October 14th announcement that you published on LinkedIn, again, for the listeners, 10 principles of diversity hiring, um, who helped you to draft this? You know, when you originally put it together, did you sit down and do it yourself? 
Were you walking, working with a small group of your executive leadership team? How, how did this come to be? Yeah. So we, we, uh, uh, we published this draft um, of uh, the 10 principles of diversity hiring as the summary of about three dozen conversations we had with uh, TA leaders around the world, influencers, Torin, you were one of them. I, I think uh, you remember you and I spoke uh, during the summer. And we're really kind of trying to answer is like, okay, everybody wants to do to drive more diversity in hiring, but how do you do it? Like, come on, I'm I'm a head of TA. Give me the, the the three things I should do, the ten things I should do. What should I actually do to drive better diversity outcomes? And we found that inside our customer base, everybody had anecdotal ideas like, hey, we're sponsoring this local college. Hey, we're doing this. Hey, we have um, we we've reviewed our process. We've made our onboarding more inclusive, or oh, we are now looking at our job description so they are more neutral, or, or we are making sure that we don't have bias in screening, so we are anonymizing resumes. Like everybody had pockets of ideas. No one had a consistent plan, which is, hey, you do these 10 things, you're going to achieve better outcome. So that's what we, we did, and we did that through a series of conversations. We published a draft uh, on October 14, and, and the draft has actually uh, three questions at the end, which are anything you disagree with, Anything that's missing, and would you be willing to commit to these diversity standards? And we are now going through those questions uh, with roundtables across all of our customers um, and uh, aiming to actually publish uh, a final um, document that would be uh, best practices in diversity hiring. We'll do, a, um, we'll do a maturity model with it, so it means you can actually benchmark your organization and how good are you at applying those principles and measure your progress. And then we're, we're doing courses around it. And as we announced in our plan, we actually hired a chief diversity officer uh, to be the champion of, of promoting those standards in the market. Um, and uh, uh, her name is Rocky Howard. She's amazing. And if you have not met her, uh, Torin, you should, Julie as well. And she's on a mission to ensure that companies achieve better diversity hiring outcomes. Love that. And I'm wondering, did you get any pushback, any internal resistance at all? Uh, from my team, I got uh, I got lack of awareness. Okay. Um, it was the, the more thing as like simple things, like I was saying earlier, there's not such things as non-racist. You're either racist or anti-racist. Here is why. Like that simple logic doesn't go uh, uh, easily or or smoothly with every everybody that's holding white privilege. Um, so we we did start with an awareness campaign um, uh, and training and programs for our leadership team and onboarding. Like we've we've kind of had to move the needle internally. Um, we did a, uh, we did a 28 day workshop uh, called Me and White Supremacy. Uh, which is a really good exercise to do. We did this in open forum with a Slack channel and people reading one chapter per day over 28 days uh, brought a level of vulnerability in the team that was really beautiful to see. So anyway, we've, we've done a number of things, but I, I think our starting point was ignorance more than, uh, more than uh, you know, lack of desire to do good. Everybody wants to do good. Nobody really knows. Most people don't understand the problem. And if they do understand the problem, they're not sure what to do about it. So we're trying to solve both sides here. Opposite is education. The example of taking one chapter and reading it every 
single day over a 28 day period. Uh, I'm sure that that made for some very rich conversations uh, at best, at, at, at worst, it, it gave individuals inside of smart recruiters a closer perspective of whatever the subject was that they were reading. And I know that all of them are better having gone through that experience. And I think that's a great example, Jerome, because for a lot of organizations, when they put learning and development together, it tends to be the uh, traditional unconscious bias training, sexual harassment, um, you know, don't put your hands on anybody, you know, those types of, um, you know, trainings that we experienced in the 80s. And people are not necessarily taking into consideration that learning and development needs to be a bit more rich, a bit more layered, more nuanced, uh, and that it can come in a variety of forms. And so I'm glad to hear that you all went through that 28 day exercise. Yeah. And uh, I, I go ahead. No, Jerome, I was going to say white privilege is something that as a white person, you, you don't get unless you really learn about it. Uh, you need to educate yourself. Uh, and once you do, things become so clear and so simple and so easy. Uh, and I think that's, that's the, the awareness we went on. It's like specifically uh, around uh, uh, around red, white privilege uh, and the systematic uh, racism around black and people of color. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. It, it, this is such a timely conversation and and your commitment and and really what we see, you know, as as DNI professionals, that training isn't just a a one time activity. It's an all the time activity, but. I will say I kind of just really appreciated that you went with it with such gusto. So many companies are afraid to have those tough conversations. And, and what we end up with is a lot more of the same. And, and so kudos to you for that. Um, what I'd like to kind of just jump into in terms of, you know, diversity and inclusion and, and equity You've done a couple of other things that I, I'd love to kind of spend the, our last few minutes talking about, and one of them is is incredibly meaningful to me. Um, is you also have put forth a policy that allows for remote work forever for all of the are they Smartians? Martians. Is that the way yeah. you say it? Yes. Martians. Yeah, it's Martians. Martians unite. <laughs> yes, yes, we and, have, and I think. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I was going to re respond to the to this. I love this remote first thing. Uh, uh, I think you know many things are going to come back to normal after the pandemic. One thing is not going to come back to normal is is the office. Uh, we are not going back to the office, um, and I think the sooner organization realize that, the better. Obviously, uh, surgeons will still be uh, in the hospital to uh, um, to uh, to perform uh, uh, the surgery on you, although that also can be done through internet. But that's a different question. Uh, but for the vast majority of office jobs, um, these are not coming back. People are not going to go back to the office. You will not get 100% of your workforce back to the office. And I absolutely love what that means uh, for society. Uh, because the moment you remove location as a requirement on a job, what you're actually doing is you distribute opportunity uh, uh, around the country, around the world. 
Uh, and that is going to take uh, wealth and opportunity, digital wealth, into communities, into places, into states, into countries that haven't had access to those jobs before. And I absolutely love love that uh, about re- re- uh, hiring and working remotely. And selfishly, as an entrepreneur, it gives me access to an unlimited talent pool because for all I know, my next superstar data scientist might be a mom at home in Brazil. You said it absolutely right. The next data scientist, superstar data scientist, is uh, has the potential of being a mother, a mother, a mother in Brazil. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful transition for those of you out there listening. If you are not familiar, you can find Jerome and his team at smartrecruiters.com. Again, it's smartrecruiters.com. We want to close on a good note. The recent acquisition of JobPal. Now, I got to tell you something before you respond. All I think about, Julie, just for a moment, I want to pretend like Jerome is not here. All I thought about when I saw that announcement, Julie, was the idea that I had for a chatbot in 2016. And the conversations that I had with people like William Ten Cup and... And well, I won't call all of the names, but and the only reason I abandoned it, Julie, is because I couldn't raise a dime. And when I say I couldn't raise a dime, a dime, William was the only person he was like, Torrin, I can get you $150,000. I'm telling you. And so when I saw this, I was just like, Torrin, you missed another (laughs) window of opportunity. Jerome, you can come back into the conversation now. I'm out of my feelings. Tell us about the recent acquisition of JobPal. Um, yeah, you're absolutely uh, had the right instincts there, uh, Torin, that conversations um, uh, are becoming a core part of, uh, of user interactions, user interface in many systems and in recruiting in particular, because recruiting is a conversation. Um, and uh, we th- we think that uh, by acquiring JobPal, which is a, a, a leader in this market uh, based based out of Berlin, actually with like enterprise class customer, we're going to bring conversational capabilities inside the smart recruiters workflow and system of record, which will allow to uh, ensure that we customers can give better um, experience to their candidates. They can convert candidates better. They can qualify them. They can schedule them. So basically, they can automate a lot of the basic tasks so that recruiters can focus on what they're doing best, which is being a true talent partner to the hiring managers and to the candidates that they want to hire and not being, you know, the superstar who can read a thousand resume in 25 minutes because there is no point in that or uh, uh, ignore ignore candidates and uh, dropping them into the black box. So we think that by bringing conversations to recruiting tech, uh, we can actually really augment the capabilities of our customers. You know, that's a good thing, man. I really am happy for you, for the team over at JobPal, for what they they built, uh, building it to a a place where you all found it to be a value and a great addition to the suite of uh, products that you all offer. Hats off to you and to the entire team. Julie, you have any name drops? Um, Nope. Just another thankful year for being a pod partner to you, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful long holiday and um, stay safe and, and stay home. 
Hey, so Jerome, here we do name drops. We try to shout out people that are doing, you know, something good, something worthy of mentioning. And so this is an opportunity for you. Are there any team members, any that have run with this mission of becoming anti-racist that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, there'll be two of them. One is Rocky Howard, uh, who just joined us as a chief diversity officer. Uh, she used to work at Resource Solutions. She was managing over 100 recruiters there, and she chose to come here and be on her own uh, and come change the world. I respect that, and I thank her for that um, deeply. And the other one is uh, Roy Belladi, um, who has been with us for a number of years, has been instrumental in uh, uh, my own gratefulness journey. Um, and uh, during the pandemic, um, went around and helped us give back and give our platform uh, to help people find jobs. He launched uh, one of the platforms that he launches called Jobs for Lebanon, which has helped thousands of Lebanese people get back uh, to jobs after the Beirut blast and the economic crisis. And I take my inspiration from him. To Rocky and to Roy. Both of you, one of you, I know the other I will soon get to know. We appreciate and we want to amplify Jerome's appreciation for your contribution and your presence. Uh, we absolutely thank you from Crazy and the King for what it is that you are doing and what it is that you will do. For those of you who are listening, you can find uh, Jerome and his team on Twitter at Smart Recruiters with an S. You can find them on the web at Smart Recruiters with an S dot com. Again, that's smartrecruiters.com. Jerome, thank you for joining Julie and I on Crazy and the King. Yeah, thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much. You are absolutely welcome. And in the words of B.B. King, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. I close reminding each and every one of you to share the pod with your digital tribe. Find your voice in the workplace. Like, think about how magical it is. You are sitting. Well, you might be sitting with friends and family. You might be acknowledging and adhering to uh, the stipulations in your particular area about convening groups of people. But this is a perfect time for you to take a podcast like Crazy and the King and to share it with others in your social and digital tribes. We want you to be better humans. That's all we want. Like we're not asking for anything more than for you to be a better human. Enjoy the remainder of the holiday week and weekend, and you can join Julie and I again next week. For now, we are both ghosts. See ya. So, Torin, we have a sponsor. Mad cool. That says that they appreciate the work that we are doing through this podcast vehicle. You know what else is cool is what other people are saying about Gusto. So give me examples. I mean, it's easy for you to say people are talking about it, but give me some examples. So Tom S. said Gusto has allowed my small company to offer big time benefits without an HR department. Shout out to Tom. But do you have more? Yes, I have another one from Sation who says Gusto is effortless, which is how I like HR. Out of sight, out of mind, yet doing what it's supposed to do. So what you are saying is Gusto is more than a payroll provider. Absolutely. And Gusto integrates with all of your favorite tools that, again, makes life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Google 
and, and many others. So if you visit gusto.com slash C-A-T-K, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K, you'll get three complimentary months from Crazy and the King. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.